everyone and welcome back to Psychic Trash. It's me, yo bitty bitty girl, Hunter. I'm back. So I just need to apologize if this podcast episode is a little crazy crazy because I just chugged a nitro cold brew from a can and I'm feeling the fantasy. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. Um, But I'm so excited to be back and speaking again. Um, I just need to say a huge thank you to all of the people who have reached out to me after the first two episodes released. The reception I'm getting has been so warm and so kind, and I'm really just so honored that people are listening and people are enjoying and you can get something out of it. That's the whole point of why I wanted to do this. It makes me so, so happy that people are receiving it well, and yeah, that just makes me motivated to continue, and I just am so excited to see where this keeps going. It's gonna be, it's just, ugh, it's just so silly, and it's fun to do something that's unstructured and on my own time, and it feels artistically fulfilling. It does. It's just, it's really nice to do something that is just myself And I was, like, excited to record this all week. All week, I was working at my new job, which has been fierce great so far. It's crazy, like, living, like, waking up at 6 a.m. every morning to go do a job. Whoa. If you want to know what it is, I'll talk about it in person. I'm not going to talk about it on the pod because I probably shouldn't talk about what I'm doing for work. But it has just been so insane having, like, a real, like, adult job life working like waking up early doing like a nine to five basically then coming home and basically going to bed at 10 I feel like an old woman but all week I was just looking forward to having a moment of peace to myself to just speak and record and it's good I I needed this it just feels really 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 good um I want to do a special shout out to the girls over at You Look Good, the podcast. Everyone check them out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Katie and Matt, two of my best friends in the entire world. They had me on one of their podcast episodes and it gave me the confidence to, you know, hear my voice and it not freak me out (laughs) because I feel like a lot of people get freaked out by their own voice in recordings. I used to be that way too, but then when you realize like, oh no, that's just me, that's how I actually sound and you get used to it, it's totally fine. But I have to just thank them for answering a lot of questions I had about how to even like get a podcast started. I knew about the the audio software I use is called Audacity. I've used it plenty of times before, but I didn't know that you had to get like a third party site to produce your podcast basically. So that was all new information to me and they were very helpful with that. So I just love them so much and you should go check them out. Going back to Psychic Trash the podcast, I would really love if everyone could go to the top of the page on Spotify or I'm working on getting it on Apple Podcasts. I still don't really know how to do that, but I'm figuring it out. Um, If you go on the top of Spotify and you click the three little dots at the top, you can rate the show. Please rate it five stars. I would very much appreciate. I would love to see if this could reach a, a bandwidth beyond just people that I know. Obviously, this is mostly just for me and for you guys. I don't need it to go anywhere crazy, but it would be cool if it did. So I just I would appreciate that. And any support is awesome. Yeah, so I want to start every episode with just like a general check-in, a weekly check-in. So if you're listening to this right now, just close your eyes, take a deep breath, check in with yourself. What's going on? How was this week for you? Was it crazy? Was it really stressful? Or was it a good good week? Did you have a good week this 
week? Were things good? Are things things awesome? Is there something new that you tried this week? A new a new recipe? Are you reading a new book? Watching a new show? Yeah, life is just can happen so fast and wild sometimes it's important to just you know take a moment to sit back and reflect Uh, my week was really crazy with starting this new job it's been awesome and a little stressful but also I feel so supported by my management team and the other my other co-workers so I don't really feel like I'm lost in the water This week I found a beautiful antique chair from the 1970s out on the street. It's one of those, you know how like grandma furniture is covered in that plastic? So I found this armchair and it's like this gold greenish texture and it's shiny with these beautiful light blue floral accents on it. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's so good. I posted it on my my Rinsta story. So if you saw that, then you know what it looks like. But now we just have this beautiful little reading nook in our corner. For a while, the only really decorated part of our apartment was like our living room kitchen area. And now our bedroom is actually coming together, which thank God, it's just nice to have an apartment that's filled out. You know, I also wanted to talk about like the month of February. What is she trying to be? Who is she? She wants to be what January is so bad and is like, trying desperately also to be spring at the same time but she's just like i feel like we need to just eliminate this month entirely 28 days and then sometimes your cousin 29 comes over and stays but only four years like what like what what is that about it's just like it's the month where you remember like if you have a new year's resolution set in january By the time February hits, that's probably not happening anymore. So it's just a month of like, shit, I have a whole year ahead of me. (sighs) And it's like the weather's the worst. It's awful. Even though Pensatucky Phil, is that the groundhog's name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He saw his, he didn't see a shadow, right? So that means that there's going to be an early spring, which always it's like, yeah, early spring. And there's an early spring for a week. And then all the like birds start coming out and then it's winter again. And they're like, what the fuck? And they all die. Um, It's feeling like this. It's going to be that kind of year this year. Oh, have you seen the TikTok of the guy um, making the song about Pensatucky Phil? So apparently there's a theory that the, the groundhog and groundhog day, he has like immunity like he has um um he can live forever kind of potion very death becomes her very drag race season 16 (laughs) um but his wife phyllis doesn't and every year he gets every whenever phyllis dies he just gets a new phyllis so there's this guy on tiktok who's wrote wrote a musical song about um about the relationship but it's like this sondheim-esque thing it's really good you should check it out it's fierce (laughs) Damn, that coffee girl, she's doing me in. So um, last week when I recorded my first episode, um, I had a crazy experience. Insert that clip here. Whoa, I just had deja vu. (gasps) Whoa. Guys, we're doing an episode on deja vu. Yeah, so like deja vu has been always something that's really interested me because I I just I know there's got to be some crazy theories about it and it's just wild that our brains are so they're like our brains are so smart and working so hard but it is so easy 
for them to also falter and for crazy things to happen. And I know all of it is really science-based, but it feels like such a a spiritual thing, you know? I I don't know if other people experience this. When you experience deja vu, and it's like, it's this kind of nauseating feeling that's like, oh, sometimes when it lasts too long, you get like sick and your head is like spinning a little bit. But does anyone else, like, you're remembering... You're seeing something that you feel like you've seen before, and then you can kind of remember when you remembered seeing that vision before. I know I sound crazy, but that's just like, that's how I would describe the feeling. I I get it. it, it washes over me, and then I'm like, yeah, I've seen this before, but it doesn't play in my brain like a memory. It plays in my brain like a vision, like, like something like very like one track mind it was like raven simone <laughs> and that's so raven very much like the you know when her she like zoom out in the eye it's like that it's giving that moment and i'm like yeah i can like but i can't exactly remember when i remembered it, it <laughs> that's just how it works in my brain I, that doesn't make any goddamn sense at all <laughs> but it's weird so this episode's a little bit different than what i normally do because um Usually it's just freeform, which it still very much is. But I wanted to do a little bit of research and just kind of like dive into the science behind deja vu and also the theories. I thought it'd be kind of interesting to just explore and see see what's up with her, you know? So obviously deja vu, it's French for already seen before. And scientists have really been like struggled with finding out what it is because it's not a physical phenomenon it's a feeling that people get and it's very difficult to recreate in a lab setting because if a scientist is like yeah i'm gonna study deja vu this week and they just have to like sit around and wait for it to happen now that could take years like it is it's so such a phenomenon because it happens randomly and there's not usually a warning sign that it's coming up it just happens and that is so insane to me that that is just something that our brains are capable of doing. It make, it just goes and proves that our world is so much bigger than what we know. Because there are still things out there that we don't understand. And we probably never will understand. Maybe we will. I don't know. Have you heard the theory that Bridget Mendler is a time traveler? <laughs> Bridget Mendler from Good Luck Charlie, my girl, and the vampire in Wizards of Waverly Place... She's a time traveler. Her, like, Twitter or X, whatever, bio is, like, singer, songwriter, actor, uh, PhD, like, law, law student, and then time travel, question <laughs> mark. So people are, like, going in about she had, like, a failed acting career during this 2019 movie and then went back in time to do Good Luck Charlie. And, like, I eat it up, though. I, see, I eat it up. The Time travel has to be real. It has to be. I mean, I'm very much a believer of if time travel was real, we would have seen it already. But no, I think like Bridget Mendler, she's smarter than that. She knows what's up. She knows how to cover her tracks with it. Yeah. Anyway, so the first person to use the term deja vu um, was this guy named Emile Borak. He was a professor at Dijon Academy in France. And he also coined the term like clairvoyance, which is the recall of memory, uh, memories or details from something that you definitely haven't experienced before. So they're kind of, deja vu and clairvoyance are kind of similar. I feel like they're married concepts and ideas. I feel like 
uh, the, according to research that I was looking up, about 80% of people will experience deja vu in their life. So it feels like, and there are people that are definitely clair clairvoyant, but that percentage is a much smaller. But it's interesting to, like, all people have a little bit of that spiritual energy in them. You know, it's just wired in our brains anyways. Um, I was just really curious about maybe some theories that were going along with it. Like, where does it come from? There's there's a lot of spiritual theories, which I think I'm going to start with the spiritual theories because they're more fun. And then I'm going to talk about the like actual science -y theories afterwards. But the first one that is maybe the like most far-fetched, but also like the most, like I, I get why people would think this one, but it's people think that deja vu is a spiritual connection to their past lives. So whenever you're experiencing deja vu, it's your, your brain remembering the same sensations or the same memory from another life that you've lived before, which I, I would be down with that one. The only thing that gives me pause on that is, I don't know. I, I if, <laughs> when I had deja vu in that last episode, I was looking at this wall with a bunch of sunglasses on them and Lee has these like cool feathered sunglasses and I was looking at those when it happened and I I don't think there's a past life where that ha you know what I mean like I don't think I was like a soldier on a on a boat looking at sunglasses you know so I mean maybe it was a different lifestyle I don't I don't really know that one is maybe the most stretch to me um the one that I really like is that Whenever you experience deja vu, it's a sign from the universe that you're on the right path. That one's really sweet, actually, because I, I love this idea that our bodies are a part of the cosmos in some way. Not in a huge way, but in we're there. We're in the universe. It's going to speak to us and flow through us in some ways, in some aspects. And some people are going to be a little bit more susceptible to it than others. It just It's really comforting if you think about it in that way, whenever you experience deja vu, it's like your life being like, yes, this is correct. This is the correct path that you're on. Um, it's something, it reminds me of something called the, um, oh, is it called the egg theory? Hold on. Let me, let me look at this up. Cause I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. 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 It kind of reminds me of the egg theory also. Okay. This next, the next one and this last one about being on the right path kind of go hand in hand for me. The other spiritual theory is that your higher self, your higher self in the cosmos is becoming cognizant of the human self living on earth just for like a blip second. So this reminds me of something called the egg theory. The egg theory basically is that the universe exists for you and only you. And in your whole lifetime, you will experience every single life on earth. So the person that you're passing on the street, that's you in another life. So you've lived every life. And the one that you're living right now is just the current cycle that you're on. And then once you've gone through the cycle and lived through all the eggs, uh, all the lives. So you're inside the egg is the idea of this theory. Once you live all the lives and experience all the pain, all the hurt, all the love, all the friendship, everything that there is about every single human life that there will ever be, then you will ascend to the higher self and basically become like a god and like become part of the universe i eat that up because it, it kind of feeds into the like do unto others as you would do unto yourself or whatever that saying is like be kind to strangers because when you inflict pain on someone you're just inflicting pain onto yourself i i, I love that 
theory and that idea that we're all connected in that way. And for selfish people, it's great because you're like, yeah, that's me. So I want to be nice to myself. Yeah, it's definitely a far-fetched theory and sounds excruciatingly long and horrible. Like, because that means that you're also like Vladimir Putin. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you're living every single life that's ever existed in time. But also how beautiful. Maybe, hey, maybe that's why I am deja vu. It's like a sign from the universe that's like, yep, you're doing the right thing. You're in the egg. You're, you're developing. You're growing. So I like that one. That one, that one gets me good. And then the, the, my favorite one is the, the one that's probably the most popular in pop culture uh, with the movie The Matrix. Now, I've actually never seen The Matrix. I would love... I feel like I need, to wa- I need to watch that movie because it seems like it's an old man movie, like, for dads. But it's actually really cool and science-y and, like, futuristic and, like, made by trans people. So, like, slay. <laughs> I-, I need to check it out. Um, but the- there's an idea that they talk about deja vu in The Matrix as being, like, a glitch in The Matrix. So, like, our whole world is a computer simulation. And in that moment, when you're experiencing deja vu, that's a glitch. Like, it's already happened before. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But it's good, girl. I love it. It's so funny. So um, getting into the like sciencey aspect of it. So 80% of people will experience deja vu in their lifetime. And usually the first time you experience deja vu is when you're around the age of 8 to 10 is when you first experience it. And then it's pretty common in people in their teens, like from 15 to the age of 25. And after that, the um, the records of people experiencing deja vu older than 25 are less and less and less. And that's because the brain after 25 is finally done developing. So it makes sense that the brain is structured and functioning well past the point of its development, you know? It makes sense that before that, while our brains are still mushy-gushy and still figuring out what's going on with the world, that the firing is a little off. It's not perfect yet. It's still figuring out how to work. So basically, memories are stored in the temporal lobe of the brain. But the hippocampus part of the brain is what senses the it gives you the feeling it gives you the picture of a memory so the temporal lobe is where the information is stored and then it gets sent to the hippocampus to project the image that you see in your brain like when you're when you're reliving a memory that's the hippocampus so what's happening when deja vu happens is whatever the neurons like that information is getting traveled there's like a delay or something of some sort so what can happen is This is the first like real theory. It's called dual processing or delayed processing, where it's a lot of information coming into your brain all at once. So for example, like if you're in a restaurant, the smell and taste of the food you're eating or the smell of the restaurant come in at once, but then the sight of something also comes in, but is just a little bit delayed so that by the time the brain has processed the smell and the taste, and then the sight comes in, your brain's like, whoa, I've seen this before. Just because that neuron was, even if it's like a millisecond late, your brain will still be like, whoa, 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 because you have experienced it before. But that's the reason why you get that feeling because your brain is like catching up with itself a little bit. So it just, you know, that's why it feels dizzy and it feels like, oh, geez, okay. And then you kind of get like snapped into the reality of it. That theory really, that makes the most sense, honestly. And sometimes what can happen is when the brain 
processes things on a delay like that, the temporal lobe will store that information as separate experiences. So when then when they're getting set to the hippocampus, they're on the delay again, or it's a completely different experience. So you're seeing this disconnected kind of disconnected image of something and your brain has to work harder to catch up with itself. The next theory is called the hologram theory, which this again is talking about the hippocampus and your brain visualizes things. It's, it's scanning all the information all at once right? Whenever you're looking at something, it's even in the peripheral vision, it's, it's scanning everything, but your brain only needs like one little micro pixel bit of, of, of a pattern or of a texture or something to recall back to a memory. So for example, if I'm looking at my bedspread right now, the, the feel and the touch and the look of it can bring me back to a blanket at my, say my grandma's house or something. And that feeling gets projected as a hologram. And I feel like, oh, this blanket's like my grandma's house, like my grandma's blanket. And so that's another thing with memory. Sometimes that those holograms and those memories get, get tripped up on each other because just a little bit of information that your brain is processing can get confused with something that's also similar. So it can get the feeling of like, oh, I've seen this before. And then the other theory is called divided attention, which I think this actually is probably the most probable one, if I'm being honest. So yeah, like I said before, your brain is recording all of the information that's going on at once. But if I'm like really focused on one thing, like if I'm, if I'm staring at this little birdhouse thing and then and it's like, you know, when you get tunnel vision and kind of everything goes black around you, but you're just focusing on one thing. And then if I kind of snap out of it and I'm back to reality and my brain is now seeing everything around me again you might get the feeling of deja vu being like, oh, I've seen this before because you have, even though your brain was focusing on one specific detail and that was all that you were really seeing, like with your eyes, your brain was still processing and scanning the other information around simultaneously. Our brains, they work so hard. Have you, have you thought about that? We're just a brains, like we're just brains controlling a skin suit. That one, that freaks me out, but we really are that the brains are the most fragile part of our body too. Like so much can happen to our brains. It, like we, we gotta give her a break, mama. Like girl, sleep, drink water. <laughs> but that, I really like the divided attention theory because I think it just, it, it conceptually makes a lot of sense. Like you don't even realize that you're focusing on one thing because that's what deja vu catches you off guard you don't even realize it's happening. It's just, it's just a function of the body. And sometimes, Hey, the body makes mistakes sometimes and that's okay. There's also a connection to, um, people who experience epilepsy and seizures to deja vu. They're very similar where the neurons in the brains just aren't firing correctly or they're firing late or they're firing something's off. Right. And that happens when people have seizures, like the connections wrong and your brain does a little jitter. So a lot of people who experience seizures will experience deja vu before they have a seizure, almost like a warning sign that a seizure is coming on, which is pretty scary, <laughs> but also helpful. It, it kind of brings me back to the, like the universe is looking out for you, right? Like it's like you're being, the, your higher self is being brought down and being like, Hey, just warning you, this is about to happen. And so a lot of people who, who experience have epilepsy, have experienced deja vu. So that's the science of it. 
I think it's good fun. It, it's something that's just so silly. And I I really like when it happens because it makes me feel like I have superpowers a little bit, even though I just kind of debunked all the, the spiritual aspects of it. But I think you have to see the sciencey things that happen in life as something that's also spiritual. I think you just, if you just focus on the science of life, rah, 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 it's like, that's no fun. Like I get it. We're mechanical animals. Like we're part of a cycle. We're part of a chain. We're living organisms, but there's something so special about our minds in particular that have this deep expanse of knowledge and imagination and experience you just have to like get down with the sickness a little bit and have a good time so uh i implore you next time that you experience deja vu don't shy it away see if you can get it to last for a little bit that's something that i've i i try to do is i try to when i experience deja vu i i feel the shock of it right and then sometimes i can't help being like whoa whoa what's happening blah, blah. but if you kind of just like sit and observe and try to see if you can it's almost like um what is it when you when you dream but you can um walk around um lucid dreaming if you can like kind of take control of that moment i feel like then you can get kind of more in touch with things that are going on around you or it, it, maybe you can get deja vu to happen more. But maybe don't do it too much because if it's linked to the seizures, then it might be a little scary if it's happening a lot. Leet was telling me that one time she experienced deja vu for so long that she threw up, which I'm like, yeah, I felt. Have you felt the nausea before from deja vu? It's because you're just like, your brain's like, oh my God. There's too much happening at once. I'm I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw up. Like I can't do it. I can't deal with it. <laughs> so I, I feel like I should credit the where I got a lot of this information from. Uh, one Wikipedia slay. We love Wikipedia. <laughs> and then second, I watched uh, a TED talk by um, Michael Molina, and it was like one of those education TED talks with the animations. And I just like wanted to do it quick. I like I was like I need a little bit of a basis before I go on a podcast and talk about something that I don't really know about. I should put, maybe put a little bit of information behind it. Uh, I also watched a YouTube video from the channel Be Smart, and then also um, a BuzzFeed Unsolved <laughs> YouTube video. Do y'all remember BuzzFeed? That was that was like. That's so millennial core to me. <laughs> BuzzFeed really had a chokehold over our community, like with the quizzes and um, the Try Guys. And then the Try Guys now like branched off to have their own thing. Or what was the show where the girls like tried things? No, wait, that's just Try Guys. Wait. Hold on. There was like a BuzzFeed show about like the female experience. Um, I loved the cooking ones. But like what what happened over there? It was like always um <laughs> it was always like a dream job. I feel like it, that BuzzFeed was what made all people in our generations be like, yeah, I'm going to be a YouTuber. I'm going to be a a mogul of the internet. Like <clears throat> BuzzFeed was the catalyst event for us all being like I'm going to be famous online. You know what I mean? <laughs> God BuzzFeed. It was it was a like love the idea but then a lot of people came forward and were like they treated their employees poorly and like well that's the thing when you get young people to share their creative talents online and you give them a platform for something and you're like yeah we'll support you blah 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 all this you don't see the underbellies of the 
the people that are actually making all the money and they're they're using you for your talents and your your goods so yeah buzzfeed was definitely a fun time glad that um i i feel like buzzfeed is kind of rebranded let me uh like i know the buzzfeed quizzes are still alive but let's see i'm gonna see right now if the buzzfeed youtube channel is still still even like really doing stuff buzz it's now called buzzfeed video okay oh it looks like they have a lot of um like short reels they're kind of like it's giving me tiktok a little bit okay their views now are about like okay the most views of something is 73k on this little scroll that i'm doing but most of them are like 26,000 views like 8,000 views 12,000 views yeah and they don't post it. I feel like they posted like six videos a day back in the day. Now it does not seem like that anymore. Interesting. Yeah, a year ago they had like over a hundred thousand views on their videos. This one almost has a million views. Yeah, and now it's like nothing like that at all. There's also such a there's such a rise and fall of these internet famous people. Like, oh my gosh, PewDiePie. Do you remember PewDiePie? He had the most subscribers on YouTube. Um I'm sure even if you didn't watch like video game stuff on YouTube like I did, you knew about PewDiePie because he also did not video game stuff. He's a father now. Did you know? He's a dad. He has a little baby with um, Mar Marza Maritza Maritza. I think yeah, something like that. They have a little baby boy. Isn't that so sweet? But I just like, I think he still makes videos too, but. It's interesting, you really see, like, the rise and fall of these people. I guess, like, normal celebrities, too. Like, it happens. And then all of a sudden, you're, like, you just stop watching them, and then they have a kid. And you're, like, oh, crap. The one you... So, I bring up YouTube because I've been watching Jenna Marbles a lot recently, especially if I'm having, like, a stressful day or something. She's just always been a comfort YouTube channel for me, and... I think she made the right move of stepping down from YouTube when she did. Doesn't mean I don't miss her, but I think it was... I'm watching back at some of the videos. I'm like, she doesn't want to be doing this at all. Like, she's so burnt out and tired. And Mama, she did... She had her time on the internet and she was like, can I just live my life with my dogs and my plants, please? But I'm still a big fan of... Um, her, obviously, and then also Julian Solomita, her boyfriend, her husband, they got married. Um, I still watch his, I watch his Twitch streams and all of his YouTube videos because he's just great. He was like, I'm glad I found him through Jenna Marbles in a way. I just love his content and I love that he's a, he's an extension of Jenna Marbles um, in a way, you know, and kind of, he reminds me a lot of myself. I, I've been told that people think I'm like Julian Solomita, Solomita a lot, which I'm like, thank you so much. First of all, I want to have, um, he has like a colored arm sleeve and like a black and white arm sleeve of tattoos. I, I, I'm like, I want that. That's great. But yeah, he's like kind of living my dream life of just like live streaming on Twitch and making cooking videos. Ugh, I would, I just, I just want to be like him. That's it. I loved their podcast too, the Jenna and Julian podcast. That was really, that was really fun. That was maybe the first podcast I think I actually ever listened to was theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, that, here's my podcast on Deja Vu. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's kind of all that I have for Deja Vu. Um, yeah, this was interesting. This was my first time doing something with a little bit of, um, research behind it definitely minimal definitely minimal but i i want to keep it like short snappy bitey something i was talking to my brother on the phone 
yesterday about this podcast and he was talking about how he likes that I have certain sections and like because in reality people don't always listen to a podcast from beginning to end in one sitting they'll listen to bites at a time so I wanted to make a podcast that has sections to it so like 10 minutes of an intro, 20 minutes of a main subject, and then 20 minutes of just me kind of talking, and then another 10 minutes of me talking about shows and stuff at the end. So that's kind of the, I think I'm finding the format that I like of this kind of medium. Yeah, so I'm going to go into uh, my entertainment spotlight of the week, what I've been, what I've been really enjoying right now. Um, I started watching this show called Dead to Me on Netflix. Uh, it's three seasons. I'm on season two right now. Uh, it came out in 2019. The first, I think I watched the first season during COVID. Um, it stars um, Christina Applegate, um, Linda Cardellini, who is Velma in the live action Scooby-Doo movies. Thank you very much. And James Marston, <laughs> the prince in Enchanted. Um, they're like the like the main characters. Um, and they're, it's so good. So it's about uh, Christina Applegate play, plays a realtor in Los Angeles named Jen who loses her husband to a car crash. And then Linda Cardellini plays this like really nice woman named Judy who just kind of like shows up in her this um, grief support group and is like, yeah, I lost my boyfriend. Um, come to find out. She did not lose her boyfriend. She just got broken up with her boyfriend, who is James Marsden. And guess... So, Christina Applegate's husband got killed in a hit and run. Guess who was driving the car? Linda Cardellini. Guess who Christina Applegate invites into her house to live with her? Linda Cardellini. So, it is like this awesome kind of murder mystery drama comedy about this woman with her two boys who brings in the murderer of her husband. And you find out little secrets. It, it's very... um how to get away with murder where it does flashbacks and you find out little bit by bit by bit what happened and season one by itself is a masterpiece it's art it's really good has a good beginning has a good end um and I stopped watching at season two because I was like I think that's just gonna get dumb you know when a show continues and it just gets stupid it was giving that a little bit, but I have now revisited it, and no, it's great. They, it, it is a little stupid. It's not as tight and good as season one was, but it's a good continuation of the story and the character. And I think Christina Applegate has either MS or something now where she quit acting because I don't think she can really move anymore, which is really sad because she, she's a fantastic actress. And pulling it back to the brain, like, our brain can be our worst, like, enemy sometimes. <laughs> it can really destroy us. Like, what the fuck? It's so sad. Uh, but that's a, it's a really great show. I highly recommend it if you want to check out something new. They're 30-minute episodes. They fly by. And every minute is funny, sad, crazy. You, you're like, what's going to happen next? It's very, very good. Um, and I can't wait. I think it's three seasons. And then it's over. Um... But definitely, definitely highly, highly recommend the show for anyone. Moving on to Drag Race. Oh my gosh. Okay, this episode, episode six, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Loved this idea for a challenge. This was great. This is a great, it's a design, branding, and a little bit of an acting challenge. I'm here for it. And I feel like last week when I was like, I don't know what they're doing. It's all hands off. The rules don't make sense anymore. They kind of reeled it in. And this was a little bit more of a, 
a normal episode. I, I like it felt predictable, but in a way that still told the story and definitely made sense. Like I, when I started the episode, I was like, okay, first of all, why is no one really sad that Amanda left? Like only Dawn really cared. And I get it. I think us as fans really loved her and appreciated her um, a little bit more maybe than the girls there did. They were like, yeah, it was her time to go. She kind of was the booger. I like, I do get it. Um, yeah. The, I'm so happy that they're bringing back mini challenges with quick drag. Like that is so funny. Have these Queens look a little busted and silly. It is funny, but some of them look gorgeous. Like Zunami, she looked amazing with like, she had like an eyelash on and I was like, you better eat girl. Um, okay. I am so sick of Geneva wearing those shoes, those black strap. What are those shoes, girl? She's worn them in every episode and every mini challenge. What, what is going on girl with these shoes? Mother, like, you, you packed three pairs of shoes to Drag Race? Are you kidding? Like, who, who you think you are? Um, I really enjoyed Morphine in this mini challenge. She was the only one wearing yellow. And, like, the pants were, like, giving me, like, car wash, like, diva. I was dying. She's, like, my favorite, I think. I just really like her energy and her attitude. I love that we got a chance to spend time with the queens creating. That was so fun to just see them in the workroom and sewing and talking to each other and being shady and oh my god when Maya Amanda Page was just standing there and Sophia was like helping her zip up that <laughs> she looked like a toddler like <laughs> like seeing drag queens in the structural phase and not just the finished product makes you makes you appreciate it so much more and I was just laughing hard at everyone's like gross ugly outfits and like without any body on it <laughs> just like squeezing into this ugly fabric like it was good it, it was making me giggle like with no makeup on it was good um <laughs> plasma being like explaining her look to Nymphia and Nymphia just staring at her like uh and Plasma was like, and um, yeah, so it's going to be very much like giving RuPaul. And yeah, it's going to have all these details and it's going to be this. And if I have time, I'll make a glove. Do you like it? No, but do you like it though? <laughs> and if it was like, um, yeah, <laughs> that, like, she, that got me good. That got the girls. <laughs> and then when plain Jane was like, oh, sh I don't, this fabric's ugly. And she goes over to Plasma. She's like, hey, can I borrow like a yard of this fabric? And Plasma is like so busy with the sewing machine. She doesn't look. She's like, she's like, yeah, sure, whatever, girl. And then she's like, okay, thank you, sister. And she just like rolls the whole thing out and steals like, she did not steal a yard. That bitch stole four. <laughs> she stole four yards, mama. <laughs> that got me in. I was like, you better. Um, yeah, I was annoyed that... Uh, I am annoyed that I like Plain Jane so much because she was just being a villain just to be a villain and did it only to Amanda. And now that Amanda's gone, she's like normal. And now it's like funny that she's mean and not like actually being mean anymore. And all the girls are like, haha, turned a new leaf. Like, I don't know. It just, it pisses me off a little bit, but her, her drag, it, it's there. It's so good. It is. She is so talented. But yeah, I don't know, the personality not giving for me. I have been such a Nymphia stan for so long in this competition. And then when she was being doing the same thing where she was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. Oh, I'm tired. And everyone was like calling her out on her bullshit. I was like, yeah, you better because what is she? 
what is she doing? <laughs> girl, what's the point? Like, quit it, girl. It's It was a little tiring of that, for sure. And, yeah, I don't know. Um... <laughs> Megami was killing me with Plasma's look. She was like, oh, um, I'm looking forward to seeing the vision. And Plasma was like, what, is that shade? And she was like, no, I'm just, um, are you sure you need that little purple piece around it? Because um, I'm not, not sure, not sure that that's, not sure that that's a good one. That was funny. I was like, you better, Megami. Megami this episode, I was like, yeah. Hey, Megami's going to win the season. I'm going to say it again. Megami's going to win the season. Sorry, I couldn't say it with a straight face the second time around. <laughs> I don't know. She's she's sticking around. They're get, she has like two confessionals an episode. That's pretty that's pretty average. That's good. It's like she's not being buried in the edit. Like she's there a little bit. And her her look was good. Her look was really good. Okay, maybe okay, let's get into the looks cuz I'll kind of talk about all of them. Oh, first I wanted to talk about Jane was talking about her her homophobic father and it was nice to get like a storyline from her of why she's so harsh and mean and like I, I get it I, I'm glad that they put that in to be like yeah I had I was came from a Russian immigrant family like I wasn't allowed to play with dolls I, like he he told me that being feminine at all was something that was wrong or bad and it just sucks that you know <laughs> she clearly has a lot of self-growth to go through but you shouldn't let the attitudes and the you shouldn't let the energy that your parents instill upon you affect you, but they do. I mean, there's not a lot of control over that, but I think it's not that hard to be a nice person really. So that was, that was a lot. Okay. So let's go through the runway looks. Tsunami Muse comes down the runway in these gorgeous, gorgeous bell-bottom pants. And I was like, yeah, that's great. But it was giving, like, remember when Raja in season 11 made pants and everything else was bad? It was giving that a little bit. I was like, yeah, you made good pants, but what that top is a piece of fabric that you pin to two pieces of string. You know, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't editorial. It wasn't giving me anything. The, the, the branding of the doll didn't really do much. It just was like a doll like this doll is gorgeous <laughs> like I don't know that doesn't that doesn't give me the fantasy for me um Safira looked really beautiful I thought I mean it was a simple dress for sure but I was so surprised that she got so shaken by herself like when she took the immunity potion and and she regretted it immediately I was like yeah girl you didn't need to a and b she let the other girls get in her head and okay I have a theory I, I, Safira was my, like, clear winner pick for a while, just because she's very good. You know, she seems to be the most seasoned of everyone there. I think that by her taking the immunity potion so early, she lost herself the win. Because a good drag queen, she's a good drag queen, but a drag queen who's going to win Drag Race will know when they are, they are not the worst. They will know, they will be able to look around and be like, yeah, Geneva looks awful, Tsunami doesn't look that good, okay, plain, uh, uh, not plain, Plasma, uh, Maya, great, I'm safe this week. You, she let the inner saboteur get the best of her, and she took it. Also, a winner would know that even if they landed in the bottom, like, I would slay a lip sync, you know? So I think, that, I don't know. I don't know if this will, is actually what's going to happen, but I think that maybe cost her the win. I also think that maybe Sphere is going to be bad in Snatch Game. I don't know. That's just a prediction I have. Um, Plasma's doll 
looked awesome. I thought the doll look was really fantastic and definitely, I feel like she like spent the most time doing that. And then her actual look kind of just paled in comparison, which it sucks when it's like, yeah, create an identical look to your doll and it looks the same, but it looks like, it looked like she was wearing doll clothes, <laughs> not like she was wearing an outfit and the doll was wearing something inspired by it. It, oh, and when she kept picking up the headscarf, I was like, mother, mother, put it down, put it down, girl, what are you doing? That was a big, that was cringe. That was mega cringe. Plain Jane looks so incredible on this runway. It is so, I think it was right that she didn't win, but I think like she definitely deserved that top placement because it was fitted so right. The details were small but clean and like this blue color looks really great on her. It was giving like ice water princess like oh it was so perfect. I loved the blue hair on her and I loved that like the branding was right too. It was good like she did a great job I think. And again, it's like, I want to hate her, but she's a good draft. Like, when it's right, it's right. And it's so right with her. It is just so good. Um, uh, okay, Nymphia. Guys, I don't think... I don't think a lot of people will agree, but I don't think this was good. I don't think Nymphia's look was good at all. It was messy. It was sloppy. The bow was heavy. There was not a real shape to it. It, it. it just looked clumsy. It, Yeah, she was spending a lot of time rolling around on the ground being like, I don't know how to do this. Uh, wah, wah, wah. And she should have just been focusing on making an actually good look. Because you know she can do details well. Because the, the design challenge look with all the ties, the twisting everywhere, that was so refined. That was so clean. And then she turns and does something like this. She just made a big bow. Like girl no it just didn't didn't wasn't it for me so i i for a second i was like she's gonna be in the top Ugh. but she was just safe and i was like thank god um morphine i don't know why but i just love this queen so much and she hasn't really done anything drag wise to prove that she's great but i just love her i just love her her she was really funny to be like I'm the BBL queen. I'm not going to show my ass. And was just like carrying a little piece of fabric behind her butt. Like that was good. That had me giggling. I just love that queen. Her look, not not the most Stundralina to me. But yeah, I don't know. Um, Maya Iman. You can't be like the flippin' doll and not do a flip, girl. The judges were like, yeah, why didn't you, you could have just done one flip. Come on. You like really, I didn't think the look was that bad, but I think what really killed it was the branding of it. And also when she was reading the like monologue voiceover, it was so monotone. And so like, <laughs> girl, honestly, what are you saying? You sound like a robot. I can't with her. She, oh, diva. This, I was, I, it was, the writing was on the wall. I was like, okay, you're lip syncing tonight. Great. Awesome. Um, okay. When Megami came out, I literally was like, she's going to win. <gasps> she's going to win. But this is before the other looks came out that the ones who did better, but I was like, wow. Oh my gosh. Megami's going to be at the top and get another win. I like loving this queen. Megami's going to win this season. <laughs> listen, listen to me. She's going to win. She is going to win. 
They're keeping her around. They gave her a win already. She's really good. I don't know. I feel like she's gonna, it's gonna be like the top five and they're she's gonna be like, oh my God, Megami, you're still here. She's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, that's amazing. You win the whole season. Like, I don't know. I can see that happening. If, if, if all these like main characters keep falling flat on their ass, like, I don't know. She could sweep by. You won't even, <laughs> you won't even realize. But I guess it wasn't like, the most detailed amazing thing ever but it was so it was clean the lines were all there it fit her very well it was also like visually striking i just love the color combination of dark blue and orange the contrast oh so good it was i just love her she's a good queen and she makes fantastic outfits geneva i mean yeah it was her time it was her time she has had a crazy trajectory she was in the she was top two bottom two bottom two, won an episode, and then was eliminated. She was never safe once. <laughs> that is hilarious. That <laughs> She had a fun run, a good showing. She had a good, um, good heart about the whole thing. <laughs> but Miss Girl, that was just not, that was not it. <laughs> she, it was fine. Like, she can sew, she can put a look together, but the details weren't there. It was lacking vision. When when she was like up in the workroom doing that blue and red thing and was like, I'm going to start over. I was like, okay, yeah, the writing's on the wall. You're out, girl. Okay, Dawn. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know about this queen. I want to like Dawn so bad. And this look was good. But again, it was giving me, I have the same thoughts about this look as I did about Nymphia's. It's heavy like the silhouette was a little clearer but it just looks a little messy when when the, the judges were like turn around let's see the back and it was like all folded and like weird and i was like oh why they're like it's amazing i was like no that looks jank that looks like it was hot glued together like what is going on i guess they liked the branding of it you know what i did appreciate michelle was like i don't want to see elf ears next week and she was like how about no ears bitch how about none at all i'll just be a dome <laughs> And I was like, okay, that, that part of it, I'm like, you're fierce for that. Um, but, and then, but then Q, this is when I was like, okay, Megami's not going to win. Q came down that runway, giving me Diego Montoya LeMay, like, oh my gosh, this beautiful dragon. Like it was giving kind of like the dragon from Shrek a little bit. Um, very much the Sasha Velour step down look, got mixed LeMay look from her season, and I was correct in my prediction from my last podcast. I said Q was going to win this episode, and she did. And I'm happy for her. She definitely deserved it. The, the doll looked good. She looked just like the doll, too. It was, and the fairy dust, it was very cute. The wings were, like, probably my least favorite part. I wish that they just, like, weren't there. But, like, it's fierce that she, it definitely, the wings seemed like she just tacked them on at the end. But overall, the textures used, the styling, the shaping, the construction in general was just, like, Mwah. perfect i i loved it she's a good queen she's gonna be sticking around for a very long time yeah so um that was the runway um Sophia takes the potion and yeah i don't know i just like not it and then so q wins and then the bottom two are geneva carr and maya iman lepage um pretty predictable she did maya did like a couple flips can i be honest She's like, I'm the flipping diva. I'm flipping with my cousins. And um, they were good, but <laughs> they like almost didn't match the song. And she like didn't really do them on beat. 
listen, I can't flip or I can't do anything that she did. So I, I'm just like a loser who has a podcast for no reason and is like speaking my opinion on this girl who is definitely way more talented than me. But what I was viewing as a viewer, it just wasn't, it was, she beat Geneva definitely because Geneva was just like flailing. She was, Geneva had lip synced. She was on five out of the six, ep- no, she lip synced four out of the six episodes. And she was on five episodes. So there was one episode that she was on that she did not lip sync. (laughs) Miss girl. (laughs) So I think she was tired and it just made sense. It was fun to see Maya's flips and I was like, yeah, that's good. That's cool. The headstand was really sick, but I felt like it was taking her like a long time to get up from the flips. I don't know. They weren't like showing her. I don't think either of them knew the words to that song. And I'm so mad that they clocked Mirage for not knowing the words to share when these two girls, they were, they were barely, they were giving me watermelon, watermelon, watermelon on those lyrics, but whatever, pick your battles, right? So next week, um, I think it's the Rusical Sound of Rusic, which I'm very excited for. I think it's, it's Miss Plasma's to lose. So, I mean, if, if she doesn't do great, then I don't know what's going to happen. Um... I don't really know if I have any predictions for the episode. I feel like I feel like it would be really funny if Megami is just amazing at it. I hope she is. You know what? I Megami's gonna win next episode. That's my prediction. Um, yeah, I'm Team Megami. So thank you all so much. Oh my god, I didn't talk about RuPaul's outfit. RuPaul wearing that tiny short green dress, and she she looked so uncomfortable. She was like holding her arms so straight to her side because I think if she even like moved a little bit that the dress was gonna come up like and on instagram they always post like her standing with the other guest judges and the judges on the runway or whatever and usually she's standing up tall but she is bent over like all the way bent over and i've never seen her do that before in a picture i was like that dress is too high mama but you know she loves it she's like i feel like a little i feel like a hoe (laughs) oh Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of Psychic Trash. Uh, I'm going to see you next week with another episode. And who knows what I'm going to get into that week. So I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a great day. And uh, goodbye.